0: Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, and then put a marker over in Matthew chapter 9, we'll get to that as well. Today I want to share with you part 3, I didn't even know this was going to be a series, Uh, it's A few weeks ago I preached a message, no ands, ifs, or buts, and then it seemed like there was a part two the next time I preached, and now there's a part three, and then this morning um, during worship God gave me a part four, so I guess we're going to continue on next week as well. But the whole idea of this no ands, ifs, or buts comes from just sitting down and watching a TV commercial and they promise miracle results for $19.99 and then it flashes this great big paragraph of disclaimers telling you all the reasons why you will not expect the same results as everyone else. And that's what we do. We place the same list of uh disclaimers in our life that try to remove us from the blessing living under the blessing that God Jesus not only told us to pray from but to live in and that's his kingdom come now now kingdom living now on earth as it is in heaven but we disqualify ourselves because well that's okay for him or that's okay for her but you know not for me because well I'm I'm, I'm, and you list all these disclaimers. And the Bible is full of conditions. Don't forget that. Because over the years, and, you know, I've been in ministry. I don't know. I always say I think it's been 25 years, but I think I've been preaching that for a few years. But anyway, um, I hear people quoting promises all the time standing on promises all the time, but when you ask them, well, did you look at the context of that promise, and was there a condition, was there a, if you do this, the promise you're standing on or quoting is that God said, if you do this, then I will do that, and they're like, well, well yes, there is. Okay, well, did you do the if? Because that's like the child that wants the, the what's that thing called again, people Give the kids every week an allowance. Don't get me started Kids demanding an allowance at the end of the week for chores that they haven't done If you're a parent who's giving your child an allowance at the end of the week for chores They haven't done shame on you. I'll just say that You're creating monsters Who will go around with a handout demanding that they receive, I deserve, you owe me, I'm entitled to, without having to do anything. And you're creating monsters. As a matter of fact, the best thing you can do, and see now that I'm on this soapbox, I might as well finish it. The best thing you can do for your kids is to demand a list of chores and not give them a reward at the end of it. Amen. Why? Because you're creating in them a servant heart. Well, why should I have to do that? Because you love me. Because I ask you to. Because I know better for you. Sorry, that's not even part of the message. That was a freebie, parents. All right? But the difference between a disclaimer and a condition conditions good, disclaimers bad. Disclaimers will tell you, list all the reasons why you cannot expect. The same results as everyone else. Conditions, however, list uh, instructions or steps that will help you or ensure that you receive the same results as everyone else. If you do this, God says, I will do that. Pretty simple. All right. So part one, we focused on the will of God. No ands, ifs, or buts. The first week, remember, I, I gave a chart of, uh, well, an uh, illusion of a chart of, no, anyway, um, imaginary chart, uh, list that there's only life and death. If it's not found under life, it belongs under death, right? There's only one or the other. And you have to know, know the will of God concerning these life and death things in order for you to stand in faith. Otherwise, it's no more than a wishful thought. If you don't know what God's will is concerning sin, sickness, death, blah, blah, list it all out, finances, list anything. If you don't know God's will in that, how can you stand in faith? Then you're just wishfully hoping, when we wish upon a star, right? I mean, what more is it? Faith is the substance. The substance. Faith must be anchored in God's will. And you're like, well, how can we know God's will? Well, you should have been here Wednesday night. We are able to know the will of God. Why? Because he wrote it out for us right here. Here it is. Real simple. And he says, actually, what we talked about Wednesday night, well, one of the things we talked about is that you can now Begin to learn to know the will of God. Learn to know. It's like a door open to you. When you start walking in obedience, he opens this door within you that allows you now to know or learn to know is a better way to put it because you're constantly grown. It's not a like, oh, I've arrived. I know everything. No, it's a learning to know. It's a continual. The second week, last week, we talked about the atonement. No ands, ifs, or buts. And all that means what it is, uh, what was covered, and what we can expect under it. What Jesus died and rose again for us to accomplish. Why he came, the atonement, was that life and death. To cancel death and move us under life. But the condition is... For all who believe. Otherwise, where are we? We're under the curse. Well, the curse has been canceled in all who believe. So to move us under the blessing of life and keep us out from under the curse of death, the atonement. And today we're going to talk about. Part three, moving in mercy, no ands, ifs, or buts. And that's how do we, so the question would be, How? so now that we've learned to know the will of God, now we understand the atonement, now how do we walk out our healing or walk and continue to walk in divine health, continue to walk under that blessing of life and not under the curse of death? How do we? And the answer is walking in mercy. Walking in mercy or moving in mercy. It's, it's the law of sowing and reaping. There's a law of sowing and reaping that has not went away. It's not abolished. It hasn't, it hasn't um, f- fulfilled its time yet, right? You can tell that by going outside and looking at a tree, Right? You pick an apple, you take a seed out of the apple, you put it in the ground. What? What are you expecting? A pear tree. No, an apple tree. Sowing and reaping. What you sow, you will receive. That whole sowing and reaping, that law of. So, I mean, you've heard your mom or your grandma say as you were growing up when you cried out, I have no friends. What were the, their instructions to you? Well, go be a, be a friend. the law of sowing and reaping if you want love you need to sow love (laughs) if you want an apple you have to sow an apple tree or go buy from somebody who did do that sowing and reaping right if you want forgiveness you need to sow forgiveness If you want mercy, you have to sow mercy. You have to give mercy. You want love? Sow love. Matthew 5, 7 said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let me read a story. It's not a story, sorry. It's an account of. In Matthew 20, Starting in verse 29. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. Shh. But they shouted all the louder. I like that. That's just what I would have done. They shouted all the louder. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. And here's the verse I want you to look at in your Bible that you have with you. Pages turning. I can see you looking intently at it. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed Him. The Lord Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. The Bible is full of, recounts many, many, many stories where the Lord Jesus was moved in compassion and he did something. He extended mercy. He touched them. He healed them. He set them free. He raised them up. He, remember, there is a funeral. The one with the funeral. The mother, the only son died. Funeral, procession, going through town. And Jesus was moved with compassion. I don't know how he just knew or maybe somebody whispered in his ear. That was her only son that they're burying. He's already dead. And moved with compassion, he went up and he called the boy alive. Moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. There's always an and. Jesus always did something. And. And. Let me tell you the difference. There's compassion and mercy, and I think sometimes people inadvertently use mercy and compassion like they're interchangeable, and they're not. They're two separate words. Compassion, in its definition, means sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering or misfortunes of others. Where the word mercy means compassion and forgiveness, Shown toward or extended to Someone who it is within one's power to punish or harm Compassion is feeling sympathy He was moved with compassion for the blind man. He was moved with compassion for the widows Or for the woman's son that was dead he was moved with compassion when he looked out over jerusalem he was moved with compassion and then and then he moved in mercy which, which is an extension of and i love it how the the dictionary defines it as an extension of compassion and forgiveness Not to the one that deserves, listen, listen to this. Not just to the ones it specifically says, not just to the ones, or not. Even, it doesn't even mention the ones that um, deserve forgiveness. It says, extended to compassion and forgiveness, extended to those whom you have the power to hold. What? Harm or or judgment upon. I mean, did Jesus not? I mean, he could have shrugged his shoulders, been moved by compassion. Oh, I feel sorry for. Oh, I see feel sorry for, but shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done that, right? Right? Couldn't he have said, Man, you know, made your bed, now you need to lay in it, right? Haven't we heard that one before? Well, so you can feel sorry for, I mean, come on, let me just say this and then I'm going to run quickly from it. How many of us have pulled up to the stop sign, seen the homeless person holding the sign that that lists a mirage of reasons why they're standing there begging for money and you're like, oh, you should go get a job. Or, oh, I'm so sorry for them, but they should have. And on we drive. Okay, I'll jump right off that one. It's not just enough to have compassion. Compassion without mercy is just feeling sorry for someone and it doesn't do a thing. As a matter of fact, there's a false compassion, if you want to call it, out there that hides itself behind um, sympathy and it actually stands between the sinner and the Savior. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. And then they shouldn't have been like that. And they shouldn't have done, they shouldn't have said that to you. And that's just horrible. And oh. And they actually stand between the sinner and the Savior. And that's false compassion. Actually, it sounds a lot like the enemy, if you want to be completely honest. That's right. He shouldn't have done that. And you shouldn't. And you have a right to feel that way. And how dare they? Have you ever seen or heard Jesus say anything like that? No. The word compassion actually means extending, extending compassion and forgiveness toward the ones with whom you have the power to hold harm or judgment. Against you have to compassion has to be moved into mercy, an extension of forgiveness, in order to see people f- set free and healed. That sozo healing that we've talked about, that that complete healing. Then John three seventeen, where God said, "I sent my Son to save completely." Save completely, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Save completely, healed completely. I like that it, the definition uses that word, forgiveness. I mean, I wasn't even looking up the Bible, dictionary definition of mercy. But forgiveness, isn't it funny that it uses that word, or strange that it uses that word forgiveness when it's talking about everything from sin and sickness, disease and death, extending mercy, forgiveness, sin, sickness, remember that list, all those things under that death curse, Jesus atoned for them all. So then what do they need? Forgiveness. Forgiveness will cure your disease. Forgiveness will set you free emotionally. Forgiveness is what we need. That's why Jesus, over and over again, remember, you've seen it, and I I said that last week, too, that sometimes he would say, take up your mat and walk, right? Sometimes he would say, stretch forth your hand. Sometimes he would say, Your sins are forgiven. I remember the religious leaders even got after him and said, How can you say your sins are forgiven? He goes, Come on, what's easier to say? I could say one or say the other. What one do you want me to say? Why? Because they're both the same. Saved completely, sozoed, healing comes all at once. Boom, it's atoned for. Extending forgiveness saves completely. You're like, well, that's Jesus, only Jesus. I'm going to show you it's not. First, remember, if we need mercy, we extend mercy. We need forgiveness, we extend forgiveness. The whole parable, I've said this a thousand times, it felt like, remember the parable Jesus told about the unmerciful servant, right? How much time do I have? Okay, quickly. Unmerciful servant jesus told a story told a parable of told a story of a servant Who the king called him forth and said it's time to give an account Which you know we'll all have to stand before the king and give an account for our life at any moment Any moment The king called forth a servant Hey, how much open up the books? How much does he owe me? Oh millions of dollars He owes me and what did the servant do? He threw himself upon the mercy of the court. He threw himself down and started crying out, mercy, mercy, mercy. King, have mercy on me. What was he asking Asking for? Forgiveness. A cancellation of the debt that he was owed. Do I keep cutting out? I feel like I keep cutting out. Forgiveness. He was crying out for forgiveness, canceling. Mercy, mercy. And what did the king do? He had compassion on him and he extended mercy to him. And he forgave him of all of his debts, millions of dollars. And the servant was so happy. Yay, thank you. And he said, okay. The king's like, okay, go on. You know, and he left. What did he do? The story says that he immediately went to another servant, a brother, took him by the neck and demanded you owe me two bucks, dude. Give me my two bucks. Give me my Sharpie. Right? I'm Sorry, that one just came out. That me, Sharpie, dude. He starts strangling his fellow servant over two dollars that he owes him, the couple dollars. And then, when the servant, his fellow servant, cries out, Mercy, 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 have mercy on me. Instead of going, oh, man, what was I doing? Of course, he had him thrown into prison. He had him thrown into jail and said, You're going to stay there until you can pay me my two bucks, dude. The other people that was watching saw everything that happened ran to the king and told him, Hey, uh, you know the one that you just forgave millions of dollars of debt for? Just ran out and had his fellow servant thrown into jail for a two-dollar debt. And the king called him back in and said, What is this wicked thing you have done? What was the wicked thing he had done? He had not extended mercy, the same mercy that he demanded, he didn't extend to his fellow servant. You know, isn't it funny that we put a limit on the amount of mercy we'll show to somebody else, but we demand unlimited from God? That we set a limit on the times that we'll love another individual, but we want unlimited love from God. We set a limit on the amount of times we'll forgive one of our fellow servants, but we demand unlimited forgiveness from God. And it will not stand in his court. Listen, the end of that parable is when the king says, what is this wicked thing you have done that you couldn't show the same mercy to your fellow servant over such a tiny little debt after I forgave you, the king said after I forgave you everything this huge immense debt that you owed me and he heaped back upon him the weight of his debt and the king had him thrown into jail until he could pay it himself, until he could pay his debt himself and it said it released the king then released the jailers the tormentors upon him this wicked thing that we're doing this withholding forgiveness withholding mercy withholding love putting limits on is a wicked thing when we demand unlimited forgiveness when we demand unlimited mercy from God and yet put limits on everybody else And withhold. Withhold. We can even, you know, we put on our nice and we get all bowed up and we want to, you know, oh, I'm a Christian, where do you go to church and where do you go to church? We can have pity on and we can be moved in compassion, but are we extending forgiveness? Are we extending mercy to those whom have, we have in our power to Hold accountable or hold justice toward or judgment toward. That's a fancy way of saying you're right. They're wrong. You still extend mercy. (laughs) But I'm right. Yep. But they're wrong. Yep. Who extends mercy? You do to them. Those who do not move in mercy will not receive mercy. Forgive because you have been forgiven. Let me show you this. Because you're like, well, you can't, you know, and that's Jesus is the one to forgive sins. No, actually, you know what? He gave us the power to forgive sins. You know, where he went about and he either said, pick up your mat and walk, you're healed, or your sins are forgiven, same thing. You're healed either way, completely, inside and out, extending forgiveness does that. And it's not just Jesus. He empowered us to do that. It says that in John chapter 20. Actually, if you turn there, I want you to see it in your own Bible. John chapter 20. I'm pretty sure it's John chapter 20. Yes. It's the top of the page on the left, okay? 918, if you have a good Bible, all right. Jesus raised from the dead, right? Shows himself to the disciples, right? Showed them. Hey, here, touch my hands, touch my feet. Here it is. I'm me. Says again, peace be with you, verse 21. The Father. As the father has sent me I am now sending you listen carefully And with that he breathed on them and said "Receive the holy spirit verse 23 listen if you If you forgive anyone his sins they are forgiven But if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Remember the end of the, Jesus taught us how to pray. And at the end of that, in Matthew, I think it was Matthew, did I write that down somewhere? Yeah, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. It says, if you forgive men when they sin against you your heavenly Father will also forgive them. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What? He has placed the power of, if you want to say it, or the authority of, or the weight of, the responsibility, there's a good word for it, the responsibility of forgiving on us. He did it all. He accomplished it. Here's how you access it. You extend forgiveness, they'll be forgiven. You don't extend that forgiveness, don't ask for forgiveness because you ain't getting it. That's Brenda translation. You don't extend forgiveness to somebody else. If you don't say to other people your sins are forgiven, hey, Denae. Your sins are forgiven. Her sins won't be forgiven. And if I withhold it, I don't know what she did to me. I don't know what she said about me. I ain't forgiven her. She's going to come say she's sorry to me. Then I better not be asking for forgiveness because God says, forget it. So you tell me what that sounds like to you. Sounds like the responsibility of, of forgiving sins, who gets it and who receives it, He's given us. It's that signed check, if you will. He's already put the cash in the bank. Here's the access to it and gives you the signed check. Here it is. You want forgiveness of sins? You've forgiven other people of their sins. Why because if you don't go out there and you don't tell the world that they're forgiven their sins are forgiven No matter if they're right or wrong leave that to God Leave that to God Your responsibility is to tell them the good news Your sins are forgiven Take up your mat and walk stretch out your hand and be healed or they will not know. They will not have their sins forgiven. How can they hear? Unless someone tells them. Listen. Extending mercy. The, the definition of extending mercy. Implies. That a wrong has been committed, and yet forgiveness is extended anyway. And now, in light of that, tell me where we can, as Christians, get on our soapbox and stand against. Well, I don't have to do it because, and then, but they- mercy implies. In its definition. That a wrong has been committed. Because think about it. Nor does he say in either one of those. Or anywhere in the translation. Go out there and say to the good ones. Your sins are forgiven. He said while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Who were you before you accepted the forgiveness of sins? Who were you? Good man? Good for you. Man bound for hell? I'm sure of it. Because without forgiveness of sins, where where are you to expect your eternal home to be? No, he says to everyone, go out and tell everyone. Go extend mercy to everyone. Go extend forgiveness to everyone. Everyone why because they're all his children You tell me as a parent you have a good child and a Not being a really good child. Do you love one more than the other? Do you do you love one more than the other? Absolutely not. You love them both the same As a matter of fact, it almost seems as if you love the the s- sinner More. Because they're constantly on your mind. These ones are okay. This one's constantly on my mind. Why? Because they're in a burning house. They're dying. Someone, 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 someone has to tell them. Someone has to save them. Someone has to reach them. So it almost feels like you're leaving the 99 to go after the one. Sound familiar? So it's not extending mercy and forgiveness to those ones that deserve it. It's those who don't. It's to those that wronged you. It's to those ones you have a right to. But extending mercy, why? Because you want it. You better be. You better be extending mercy. You better be extending forgiveness. Constantly, this has come up constantly over this last year and extremely more in these last few months where I've had a definite right to stand on a soapbox and demand. I did this, you owe me this, right? Have we ever been there? Anybody else ever been there? Ah, thank you. One honest person. I'm with you. You and I will have a donut later in my office, okay? Um, I've had the opportunity to, and actually people have come to me that know the situation, and well, what are you going to do? Extend mercy. Why? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just call them up and say, hey, I did this, you owe me this, because I owe a plenty And I will not strangle my fellow servant for two bucks when I owe the king millions and have been forgiven and want that extension still of mercy all the time. All the time. I am the blind one sitting along the road. And I hear Jesus is walking by. I'm screaming all the louder, Have mercy on me. Why? Why? Because I want to be able to do what I'm called to do, and that's go out and extend mercy, extend mercy, extend mercy. Extend forgiveness, extend forgiveness. Why? Because I have been forgiven much. I need to let the others know. I have to go. I have to go. Let me close with this in uh, Matthew 9. Here's another um, recount of where Jesus was going along. Um, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is plentiful. Brenda translation here. Look at all these. They're helpless and they're being harassed by who? Our enemy. What does he do? He steals, kills and destroys. They're being harassed. They're being they're being deceived they're, they're being held under this curse that they've already been set free from look upon them look at the harvest look at all of them waiting waiting what to hear the good news and he said in verse 38 ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field who is that? us his children and I mean it you would I pray you have a revelation this morning that that ruins you for the rest of your life that you will never again look at anyone without feeling the weight Of them them being God's lost child. Just like your own. If that was your child. Would you somebody pointing a finger and pronouncing judgment on them or extending mercy and forgiveness toward them? What would you want of your child? I pray that you have that same awareness, awakening, revelation today for everyone else that that's God's child. And if your heart is this big, says a man's heart is as, as big as his two hands together like that. Imagine God's heart for his children If he can hold the whole world in his hand How big is his heart toward his children We better be telling them or their sins will not be forgiven don't let that leave you today That was Jesus just like the father has sent me now I send you Go into all the world and whoever sins you forgive will be forgiven. But if you withhold that forgiveness, don't ask for forgiveness. Because you ain't getting it. So how do we stay out from under the curse, life, or death, disease, sickness? Stay under the blessing of life the atonement everything that was provided for us on earth now as it is in heaven now life how do we do that moving in mercy moving mercy extending mercy forgiveness mercy forgiveness so would you stand on a close this morning I want us to one spend time right now so you go ahead and you close your eyes bow your head I think that's just a great way to just focus on you and God when you're not distracted I first want you to get things right with God between you and God If your heart has drifted away and you need to recommit your life to God even whether it's for the first time or for the hundredth time you need to do that right now Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait Don't wait And all you have to do is cry out to Him like these blind men did along the street Have mercy on me God Forgive me God of my sins, forgive me like you did that servant uh, uh, Forgiving him of all his debt, forgive me of all my debt Forgive me of all my sins and receive that mercy from him right now Receive that forgiveness Total healing, sozoed healing, complete healing, complete salvation Physically, emotionally, spiritually Receive that forgiveness And for some of you right now you're God's starting to point out in your heart by the Holy Spirit Areas that you've withheld forgiveness That you haven't walked in mercy Even situations where you've been sympathetic Extended or seen or was Moved with compassion but That's as far as it went There is no action to that That Extending of mercy that extending Of forgiveness And go ahead right now your words To his to his ears Right now just cry out Forgive me forgive me forgive me Forgive me forgive me God forgive me Forgive me Proverbs twenty-eight, thirteen says He who conceals his sins Does not prosper But whoever confesses And renounces them Will find mercy Search us and know us, O God See if there's any wickedness In us at all, O God We confess it before you right now We renounce it Which means we throw it down We cast it down To never do that thing Or go that way again We cry out mercy, mercy, mercy Mercy Mercy, mercy, mercy mercy. I want us to spend time at the altar like we do every week. But this this week is something a little different. I want us all to crowd up to the front. And I want us to walk among each other. Placing hands on each other. On shoulder. You know, I don't have to say that. But anyway. And just say, your sins are forgiven. I want you to do that. I want you to hear those words come out of your mouth for others. And I want you to hear with your ears The words coming out of other people's mouth Towards you So come on, let's do that Let's crowd in and just begin to do that and Work your way right through the crowd Touching everyone And if you want somebody to pray with you Over a certain situation Grab their hand while they're Laying hands on you and tell them Pray with me over whatever Come on, your sins are forgiven Listen there's power in your words don't take it lightly come on don't take it lightly don't give it lightly